0: going to be reading from the book of acts and before i read the scriptures i just want to honor my pastors pastor mike and pastor julie not only do they pray for us not only do they disciple us not only do they encourage us and love us but they empower us and today we're going to be talking about different ways that god empowers us and i want to focus on the word start empowered to start empowered to start amen amen and we read in the book of acts chapter 1 verse 8 but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you empowered to start before i get into the main points i just want to give a little bit about my background i'm born and raised in church in different areas within the youth ministry In the church association I was a part of, they did things by elections. So I was promoted into different positions within the 12 years that I was serving in the leadership. And at one point, I was being promoted into another position. And I didn't want to start in that new position because I was hurt by leaders. So although I love to serve and although I was passionate about working in the things of God, I didn't want to start in this new position because of pain. And I let pain control and impact my life to the point that you didn't even recognize me in that moment where the elections happen and right before the elections there was a preacher that had a message that marked me and continues to resonate with me today i say today because three days ago when i got the message about the five for five the old me of pain of hurt excuses was trying to come up and i needed to say shut up because i'm gonna start So today, we're preaching together because today I'm taking the first step. And I'm standing here today because I took the first step and I said, I'm going to start today. And I believe that this message is also for someone here today and you're going to receive your breakthrough. Empowered to start. Yes. Many of us are waiting for the perfect start. But if we continue to wait for the perfect start, you're never going to get started. So let me say a few phrases that I'm sure is going to sound familiar because these are phrases that you're using as excuses to not start. God, I need the resources first. Start, and the resources will come when you take the first step. God, I don't have the knowledge. God, I'm not equipped to start. Start today by signing up for V1 College and the V1 Conference. There's no excuses. God, I need to wait for this to happen, for that to happen. Fill in the blank. You know what excuses you put in before God. And I'm telling you today, you don't need to wait for this to happen, for that to happen. You just got to... You just missed it. <laughs> you just gotta start. Yes. And when you take the first step, God is going to heal you. And when you take the first step, God is going to restore you. And when you take the first step, God is going to repair you along the way. So the important thing is not how you start, but that you Amen. There are phrases that we continue to say. I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to make so many mistakes. I'm sick, God. I want to stop in this part. I don't want to hurt again, God. Although it was not your fault that you were hurt, it will be your fault if you decide to stay hurt. If you decide to stay the victim and not be the victor in the name of Jesus, it will be your fault. If you decide to not take the first step today and forgive, it will be your fault. Once again, it doesn't matter how you start, but that you take the first step and that you start. The journey that takes the longest to accomplish is the one that never starts. The project that takes the longest to finish is the one that never starts. The book that takes the longest to be written is the one that never starts. Every big company started with one big step. Example, Amazon. They started from a garage and look at how big they are now. If you want to accomplish something, you need to start. And when you start, you start in the name of Jesus by checking your heart. Psalms 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name worship the lord in the splendor of his holiness when we start we need to completely depend on the name of god it isn't about how you it's not about you it's not about your degree it's not about what school you went to it's not about your last name it's not about how you who you know and if you think it is suffice with what you have then you haven't started because you're depending too much on yourself you need to start proclaiming the name of jesus in your life shout the name of jesus amen you guys are ready the name of Jesus, shout the name of Jesus. Jesus. Yes, I didn't say whisper. I said, shout the name of Jesus, because it's the name of Jesus that set the captives free. It's the name of Jesus that break the chains. It's the name of Jesus that make the demons flee. And God showed us the importance of his name and of taking the first step when he went from the tomb into resurrection. So get started by doing it in his name. And as we get ready to hear from the other pastors, let your prayer be today. Lord, I surrender everything I am, everything I know, everything I have, so I can be empowered by your spirit and get started in your name.
1: Yeah, there's no way to follow that. <laughs> I said, I said to, to myself, how do, how do I follow my beautiful wife after she's like so you know fire the holy spirit i said send the kids in and that's why i did All she need is up and out, and it's a deliverance session. Welcome to the deliverance team. Let me give you the background story of that video. A few days before that, uh, my youngest daughter on YouTube, out of all places, sees a video, and she starts going, Halloween, 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 and the other one, the older one's like, no, Ma, we have to, talking to my wife, Ma, we have to go to Pastor Mike, and we have to tell, her to, to tell him to pray for Eliana because she's saying Halloween. My wife stops her in the tracks and says, No, 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 no. You have she didn't say empowered, but let's, about, let's change the phrase in a little bit. You are empowered to pray for her in the name of Jesus. So she's like, I'm gonna do that. So she got empowered to do something. And that's what I want to pray. I want to talk to you about today. Empowered to do. We all have been empowered to do something in the name of Jesus. So that's what happened in the video. My oldest daughter was empowered to to pray. I see a lot of Christians, a lot of people, not in this church, of course. Uh, We see people coming Sunday after Sunday to the altar. Pastors, pray for me. Prayer team, pray for me. Where you already have been empowered to pray for yourself. To pray over your situations. To pray over your circumstances. When you tell to the mountain, mountain move. The mountain will move because you've been empowered. Acts chapter 19, verse 13 to 16. It says, Then some of the itinerant, if you don't know what that word is, if I mispronounce it, don't worry. I'll go over the definition for you. Jewish exorcists uh, undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the name of Jesus who Paul proclaims. Verse 15 says, But the evil spirits answer them, Jesus I know, Paul, I recognize, but who are you? They got beat up, if you keep on reading. (laughs) Even worse than that, it says, uh, they took all the clothes out. They wore naked and got beat up. That word, itinerant, if I'm, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but don't even worry about it. The the, the definition is what's important here. That word in, in, in Greek, I looked it up this morning, it means vagabond. It means without a home. It means traveler. In other words, it means under no father. In other words, it means under no authority. They were trying to cast out demons under no authority. They were not empowered to do something in the name of Jesus. They were trying to imitate what Jesus did without Jesus. I'm ready to fight and I'm ready to pray. Who wants prayer now? I'm ready. Jesus is the source of all authority. All authority comes from Jesus. Apart from him, nothing we can do. We are in a kingdom. And there's something we don't understand very much because of the societies that we live today. But we belong to a kingdom. And in a kingdom, let's say uh, in, in in the kingdom of, you know, in the monarchy of England, for example, the queen or the king gets uh, um, the crown in a church because the authority comes from above. That's what they believe. And then from the queen or the king goes down below to the rest of the people princes and dukes or whatever in the church it comes from jesus listen to this comes from jesus to our lead pastor from our lead pastor to our pastors from our pastors to our leaders connect group leaders and from them to the rest of the congregation if you break that link if you break that chain of command you're no longer under authority and this will happen in jack's Acts chapter 19 will happen to you because you're not submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ that was delegated to the church. Who's the best example of this? I said Jesus Christ himself. First miracle of Jesus, John chapter 2 verse 6 to 8. I'm not going to go through the whole story but this is where Jesus converts water into wine. They run out of wine. They say, Mary says, Jesus, you have to do something. He's like, okay, don't worry. I got this. I got this. He didn't say exact that, but I can pretend in my head. That's how it goes. He grabs six shards of water, converts them into wine. In all his right, he had the authority to go. I made the water into wine. Go out and serve it. That's not what he did. This is what he did. He says, and I quote, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast he gave it to the maitre d to whoever was in charge of that wedding in canaan he made that person taste the one first and that person to serve it out what was jesus saying i understand authority and i'm an authority over here so even though that i'm the the one that spoke the word and everything came to be i submit under authority and because i know how to submit under authority i have authority to do the miracle powerful that's what we have to do as a church. We need to submit other authorities that was set not by bylaws of a church, but by the word of Jesus Christ. So, you belong to Jesus. You belong to the house, to this house. Therefore, you're empowered to do. God bless you. Come on, can we give a hand for Pastor
2: Dan, Pastor Exica? So powerful. Thank you guys so much for sharing. All right, guys, give me two quick claps if you're ready to receive the word today. All right, we tried. We tried. Hey, you're awake. That's the important thing. Well, hey, church, um, I'm going to be talking to you today about how the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to endure. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, about 48% of Americans said they felt down, depressed, or hopeless during the pandemic. Can anybody relate, or is that just me? Many faith-filled Bible-believing Christians found themselves doubting whether or not they could endure another day or another argument, another bounce check, or the loss of another loved one. Am I talking to anybody today? I don't mean to bring it down too heavy, but this this is real stuff. You might be here today, and you had to put on a brave face just to be in church today, just to even log on to a live stream. Maybe you're exhausted today by being the glue that holds your family together. Maybe you're beat down by working that job that you hate, but you're trying to provide for your family. Maybe you feel like today your endurance is running out, like like you're calling out to God, like, God, save me, but you feel like you're drowning, and you're going to drown before he gets to you. If you're at the end of your rope, I've got a word for you today. I want to read John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent to him Jesus, saying, Lord, whom you love is ill. Now, I want to make this personal for you guys, so I want you to take whatever burden, whatever thing you came in with today, and I want you to put it into this verse. It might sound something like, Lord, he whom you loves, marriage is falling apart. Lord, she whom you loves, finances are a wreck. Come on, somebody. Lord, he whom you love doesn't even want to live anymore. Come quick, Jesus. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this is in verse four, this illness does not lead to death, It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now imagine this, to put this in perspective, imagine you're in the most dire, stressful situation of your life and you need help now. Has anybody ever been there? You need help now. And the one person that can actually help you and fix your situation, they don't say, okay, let me drop everything. Let's go figure this out. They actually say, I'll be there in a couple days. What do you do when you feel like your situation isn't getting better? It's actually getting worse what do you do when you call out to God, but nothing seems to change in the situation? You've said the prayers, you've, you've listened to the sermons, but nothing seems to be getting better. Can I, can I get vulnerable for a little bit? Church, can we have a family talk? Now I've been married for about a year and a half, and many of you have met my beautiful, uh, indisputably better half, Caitlin. She's watching from home right now, not feeling too well, but shout out, boo, love you. Um, but when we got together, I knew what her background was. I knew that, unfortunately, there'd been a lot of abuse and a lot of trauma in her past. So I knew that getting into it, but it wasn't until we actually got married that it became clear that there was going to be some obstacles that we were going to have to face. Uh, she had baggage, and I had baggage, but I had no idea how to be a husband. <laughs> any, any husbands in here relate? I had no idea how to actually walk her through that stuff. And so, um, when those inevitable arguments came, uh, her trauma would come up. How many of you guys know that's real? Can we be real today? And that would come up and and I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to deal with it. I was I was 23 years old, not ever married before. So what do I know? And so I had this theoretical knowledge of how to lead my wife, but in reality, I would end up just making things worse. Again, any husbands relate. We're laughing about it, but it's real. And so suffice to say, The first couple months of our marriage, it was a rough time. It was a dark time. And I know many of you, you might be in that place right now. And suffice to say, and this is all part of our testimony. We share about this. We don't have time to get in all the details right now, but come talk to me if you want to hear more. Suffice to say, in those first couple months, it was dark and some doubts started to creep in. Like, God, are we going to be one of those young marriages that doesn't last, that everybody silently judges in their mind? That was a real thought. That was a real fear. And all of this, church, was me as a pastor. I just wanna say that. This was me as a pastor. So I was praying, I was fasting, I was seeking counsel from our pastors, and I was crying out to God, God, save me, save me from this situation. I don't know what to do. But do you know the answer that I got, church? John eleven four. four. This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Come on, somebody. Just like Mary, just like Martha, just like Lazarus. Come on, at my lowest and darkest point, resurrection life was on the way. Come on, church. Do you hear what I'm saying right now? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing, but resurrection life is on the way. Because when you read on in John 11, when Jesus arrives to the tomb to a now dead Lazarus, In verse 43, it says, Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And the man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Come on, church. If you have been in a waiting season believing that Jesus is going to resurrect your marriage, resurrect your finances, your dream that you had that you long since forgot about, I came on mission here today to tell you that resurrection life is on the way. The same resurrection life that raised Lazarus lives in you through the. Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to endure if he did it for me in my situation he'll do it for you don't quit I want to say this to someone online don't quit don't give up your breakthrough is coming your healing is coming fight the good fight keep the faith resurrection life is on the way come on shout amen if you believe it church Come on, church! Can we just give God a praise?
3: Come on, that that man, you've been blessed today. You know, Pastor Mike is so great, man. It takes five of us to replace him. Come on, come on! There's, there's there. Come on, give it up for your lead pastor, Pastor Mike. Come on, come on! And Pastor Julie Signorelli. Come on, let's give it up for them. Come on, church! Let's shout out our online audience. Come on, they're they're watching and watching with you today. Come on, it's a yes. Well. My, my, my job is, man, give it up for the pastors, Pastor Xik, Pastor Danny, Pastor Evan. And come on, we have the greatest behind us. He will come later. But, man, I'm so excited to share with you today because my, my job is, man, just is to speak to you about Empowered to Go. Empowered to Go. And uh, it, it, uh, Two weeks ago, I was, I was in Florida. And shout out the, the V1 Florida Watch Party. They're, they're an amazing group. And uh, I was listening to Pastor Mike just preaching about, man, being a host for the Holy Ghost. And while I was there listening to him preaching about the, being a host for the Holy Ghost, it really, it really rocked me because it, it's, it's, it's one thing to be a host for the Holy Ghost. You know it's going to come in. And when once you accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost now comes and lives inside of you. So now you possess all this power to go. And I was like, God, man, I want... I, it's not just to receive the Holy Ghost, but it's to... Do what the Holy Ghost has empowered you to do. So my tension was my my, my tension coming off that sermon was like, God, I want to do more. I want to be more of what you have called me to do. And I just want to read. I just want to read, uh, um, I, I won't read um, um, chapter, uh, Acts 1, verse 8, because Pastor Ezekiel did she drove that home already. But uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 and 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, You and surely I am with you always, till the." To the very end of the age. And when I look up the word go, when I look up the word go in in, 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 the, in its original context, man, I, I, I see where it says, man, do as I do. And Jesus said, man, follow me so to the disciples when he found them. He said, man, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come on. So it doesn't stop with me. Come on. It starts with me, but it doesn't stops with me. But here's the tension here now, guys, because here's what, what the enemy does. The enemy gets us to focus within. My world, you heard pastor Evan just spoke about it. My world, my bills, my house. I want, to, I want to make sure we go into this self-preservation mode and we forget that there's a world outside of us that's way bigger than the little world that we live in. So the empowerment that we have is not to stay but to go. Go into the highways and the byways. You're not just a disciple. How you know you are growing is that you now move from being a disciple to becoming a disciple maker. Come on, somebody. So now we need to get out of our little comfort zone and get into where the hurting people are, where the homeless people are, where the human trafficking victim is. Come on. Where the people who are hungry is. Yes, it, that there's a world outside of my world. If we're going to go, if we're going to grow, we must go. (laughs) If we're going to grow, we must go. Because when I go, I'm growing in my purpose. When when I start going, God's glory starts to grow in the earth. Come on, saints. People start getting saved. People start getting healed. Because it's not about us. It's about demonstrating His power in the earth. Come on. It's about seeing people finding hope, acceptance, deliverance, healing. That's the purpose of the kingdom. When you read about man, i almost dumb, When you read about the life of David, an overlook part, two words, two words in David, a phrase in David's life. When, when, when he showed up the battle against Goliath, we always read about how David killed Goliath. But let's back up a little bit and go back to when David met Goliath. David said, isn't there a cause? Isn't there a cause? Come on. The cause of Jesus is way bigger than your bills. The cause of Jesus is way bigger than your anxiety, bigger than your fear. It's time for the church, come on, to get off the sideline and get into the game and go participate. Come on. Get in the game, church. There is a cause. It's time for us to go in and go where, where the hurting people are and say, "Man, and bring healing and racial reconciliation." There, wherever there is a problem, the church has always been the best solution. It's not about the school. It's not about the president. It's about that church. We are the answer. Come on. How does he empower us? He gives us a word because a word added to passion equal purpose. His words added to passion equal purpose. His words added to passion equal purpose, which leads to a demonstration of his power in the earth. Why am I here? I'm here to see The kingdom of God being advanced, the kingdom of God being expanded, the world it is a bigger, it's bigger than you. So let me close with this thought. So, how do we go? Ask God when you pray to reveal to me where is the need.
4: So good. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Patrick and everybody else. You guys don't need me, do you? <laughs> you guys had the four powerhouse preachers right before me, so I think they, they got everything settled. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Um, I asked the first service, and I want to know if it's okay with you guys, but I'm going to stab you a little bit. You okay with that? Because <laughs> we got a prayer team that's coming up afterwards that can bandage you. But you're about to get stabbed a little bloody. I hope that's all right. (laughs) Okay. I want to talk about being empowered to empower others. So I'm going to go to Matthew 10. Matthew 10.1 says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now, let me just go back a little bit, because you guys might not have caught this, and you might have thought, okay, the pastors are supposed to do this, the preachers are supposed to do this, but this says, he called his disciples to him. A disciple is a disciplined learner, someone who's following closely after Jesus, and if you're following closely after Jesus, you are a disciple, So you have power. It says he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So when you come into encounter with that type of stuff, you can say, no, 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 my word says I can heal this. I can cast this demon out. You don't need to go into another deliverance service and say, hey, we got to get him over here so this person can cast those demons out. No, you've had the demons cast out of you. Now you go cast demons out of that person. You got healed from cancer. Now you go heal that person's cancer. You know what I'm saying? You got to tell migraines. Migraines can go in Jesus' name. All right, Matthew ten five through eight. Let's drop down a little bit. It says, these 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of israel and as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out demons freely you have received now freely give come on if you've received anything from god now your job is to freely give You are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth, and you get to go into all the world and say, Jesus gave me this, and now I'm going to give it to you. Come on. This phrase keeps sticking out to me. It says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have the power and the authority to carry the kingdom of heaven with us everywhere we go. All right. Here comes the stabs. All right, so we have been empowered to empower others, but you know the only way to empower someone else is to get empowered yourself. the only way to be empowered by the Father is to get alone with him. The Bible says the only way to the Father is through Jesus. So if you're not spending time with Jesus, you're not gonna be empowered. You may be able to cast some demons out. You may be able to heal some sick because the Bible says in Revelations, but God... I cast all these demons out in your name. I healed the sick in your name. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. Because it doesn't matter how many demons you can tell to go out of that person and go back to the pits of hell. If you do not know Jesus, you won't go into the kingdom of heaven. You've got to get alone with the Father. You've got to get alone with Jesus and with everything in you, with that groaning. The Bible says sometimes it comes out with a groaning where it's like, I don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit starts speaking through me. And you got to say, Abba, Father, I'm here. I want your presence. I need your Holy Spirit. I want your anointing. I want to carry this with me everywhere I go. Come on, we got to get the word of God in us. I brought my Bible up. I read it off my computer, but I brought my physical Bible up because this is what I do. I highlight, I write in it, I put note cards in there, I put index cards in it, and I'm constantly reminding myself, you read through my Bible, you'll see places that say, find Jesus, because it's one thing to find, uh, okay, I can heal this person now. It's another to find Jesus, the one who heals the one who's using you to heal another person. You've gotta get the word of God in you so deep that what comes out is the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says it's a mirror. It's staring back at you, declaring who you're supposed to be. So when you get the word of God in you, it's like going into your bathroom, looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, I noticed a new wrinkle. And the Bible's looking back at you saying, I noticed some new sin, let's deal with that. There's the stabs. You guys consented. (laughs) Some of you were like, I didn't do that. I said, no. Well, sorry, you got stabbed anyways. We got a prayer team coming up. (laughs) All right, you gotta be willing to give up the things that will drive you out of the prayer closet. You gotta be willing to say, you know what? I watched Netflix way too much this week and I didn't give anything to God. There's nothing wrong with watching TV, but when you place it over God, then your priorities are out of line. If you signed up for the Domino Revival and you don't have a prayer life, your priorities are out of line. (laughs) If you're not getting into the place of prayer, when you go on this revival, you're gonna get eaten alive, (laughs) I'm telling you. Like, it's gonna be the roughest trip of your life. You're gonna be like, I don't know why I went there. But if you get in the secret place, if you get into the presence of God and you say, God, I want a fire, I want a passion, I want what is in this word right here, the people from old, I want you to do it again today, So many miracles in there. I want to be the one that carries those miracles with me where I go, and I want to know you, Jesus. Then you go on the domino revival, and people's lives start getting set free, changed, they get delivered, chains start breaking everywhere you go. Come on, do I have someone in this house that's willing to go deep into the area of prayer? That's willing to say, you know what, I'm gonna tarry all night until i see your face because sometimes it takes a little bit extra time sometimes you gotta say you know what i'm tired i have a headache i gotta get up early but if the spirit starts drawing you you gotta get into that place and say i'm gonna do whatever it takes to have the presence of god go with me wherever i go so if that's you in this house today Go ahead and lift your hands if you're watching online. God can do it in your living room. He can do it wherever you're watching. I wanna pray for you and release an anointing, release a fire. God, we declare right now that your people will be a people of prayer. God, we thank you that you are calling us into the secret place. God, we thank you that you are calling us to go deeper. God, that you are calling us to have a passion and a fire for your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys need prayer, we got a prayer team lined up right here. Go ahead and come forward.